What's up, everybody? Well, here we are. We are at the point in which the judgments begin. Jesus has taken the scroll and, you know, like a drum roll, the time has come for him who is worthy to open the seals one by one and dispense God's judgment on the world and Israel. Remember the main focus on this uh, and during this tribulation is to bring Israel to its knees and back to God, to cause a renewed devotion to God's ways and to the covenant he made with them, and ultimately to faith in Jesus as the Messiah. Today we jump into chapter 6 where Jesus begins opening the seals on the scroll and dispensing God's judgment. The portion that we will focus on uh, is the first four seals. These four seals release what has come to be known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The number four is significant in scripture and in our lives. You know, there's four gospels, the four beasts, the four four directions, north, south, east, west, four seasons. Rooms are built with four walls. Buildings typically have four sides. You know, most cars have four wheels. I mean, you see four all the time in things. So you kind of get that there's a consistency there with that number must be significant and important. And it is usually tied to creation, by the way, but that's a, a subject for another day. So here we see the introduction of the four horsemen and one fourth of the world will fall to the dev- to their devastation. Like I said before, though, where you see God's judgment, you also see his grace. So don't get me wrong. These four horsemen um, bring some devastation. They're bad news, so to speak, but If God allows one-fourth to fall, that means he saved the other three-fourths. He could wipe them all out, but he doesn't. He is trying to get them to see, you know, to see that he is who they need to turn to. You know, so let's take a look at these four horsemen and what God says about them. Jesus goes to open the first seal, and one of the four beasts tells John, Come and look. And John will now see what will take place on earth with the opening of each seal. When the first seal is open, this is what John describes. He says, I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror, bent on conquest. This is a depiction or representation of the Antichrist as he comes on the scene and rises to power. He is likely riding a white horse to imitate Jesus. Yeah, and that, again, this is just a representation because the Antichrist, of course, is going to try to mimic some qualities of Jesus. You know, the white horse symbolizes triumph and victory. So we know that the Antichrist will come on the scene. He's a smooth talker. You know, he is this charismatic person, and everybody will seem to love him. But he will come on the scene and establish peace, and he will seem like this awesome person. But in in the end, he will betray all of that. And what happens with the Antichrist, and the reason why this white horse rider or this white horseman uh, represents the Antichrist is because that is what the Antichrist will do. When he comes on the scene, he will be bent on conquering the world. He'll be bent on bringing the whole world under his authority. You know, it says he held a bow like someone ready for battle and he was given a crown, meaning he was given authority to go and conquer. We know that the Antichrist does that. He's given authority 
and he will go and conquer and bring the world under his rule. This speaks of what the Antichrist will do when he comes on the scene. He will establish a false peace. Like I said, he will seem like a triumphant leader, but it won't last. He will use his power, influence, and intimidation and his his deceitfulness you know, to conquer other nations and bring them under his control. The Antichrist will eventually succeed and all and will conquer the nations of the world and bring them under the control of the one world government which he will be the head of he will be very charismatic people will love him like i said but he will do some wicked and deceitful uh things to get in that position of power of course all aided by you know satan himself so jesus now opens the second seal revealing the second horseman riding a fiery red horse verse four then another horseman came out a fiery red one its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other to him was given a large sword with the first horseman we see someone ready for battle and conquest and with the second one we see what follows as a result war and bloodshed the second horseman represents uh, what will happen as nations rise against nation. And you know, there is no peace among the nations anymore as they go to war with each other and many will be killed in the battles. In all the chaos, people will turn on each other and it will be a time of great violence, murder, assassinations, you name it. The Antichrist will use this to rise in power as you know, he will kill and even himself it talks about him removing or subduing or probably killing three of the ten kings that daniel talks about in his vision so the so that that takes care of that horse now the third seal is opened and it reveals the third horseman riding a black horse verse five i looked and therefore before me was a black horse, the and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures, which this was most likely God who is saying this, because the creatures are around uh, the throne, and it said it came from the midst of the four living creatures, so it's most likely God saying this. Two, It says two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley, for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. This horseman represents what will follow when there is ongoing war and fighting among the nations. It will lead to great famine and scarcity uh, of essentials. You know, it will cause inflation and price gouging. You know, scarcity will drive up prices of goods to an unreasonable level. People will starve as a result. Some say the the command to not damage the oil and wine is because the oil represents the Holy Spirit and the wine represents Jesus. But most likely it is because the oil and wine are minor luxury items. And during this time when food essentials are scarce, no one is going to really care about those luxury items. You know, they're going to be concerned with what they need to eat and survive. Therefore, it won't do any good uh, to go after these items. You will also see that limitations are placed on the third horseman uh, with this statement about not messing with the oil or the wine. You know, so oil and wine were also used in offerings to God. So it could have something to do with that as well. It is unclear as to the exact meaning of that statement. 
What is important to take note of is that the third horseman represents a global famine with serious inflation, you know, as a result of an on, of ongoing wars and fighting. So there's going to be uh, shortages, food shortages, you know, um, in, in the supply chain, so to speak. Like, you know, we see glimpses of that today with with supply chain shortages and uh, food shortages uh, with certain items, you know. But this is going to be on a whole nother level, on a global level, that's going to create food scarcity to the point where uh, prices go through the roof and people are going to end up starving. Now, the fourth seal is broken, revealing the final horseman. Verse 8, I looked and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind or hell. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. This shows that a fourth of the world will be wiped out due to the fighting, you know, wars, famine causing starvation, and great sickness spreading all over the place, and even wild animals will attack people. Now, if wild predator-like animals get hungry and can't find food, they may go after people. However, this is to fulfill the words of the prophet Ezekiel concerning the four judgments that the Lord said would that he would send. And Ezekiel 14:21 says, "For this is what the sovereign Lord says, how much worse will it be when I send against Jerusalem for my my four dreadful judgments, sword and famine and wild beast and plague, to kill its men and their animals." Now, what's interesting is if you read the next verse in Ezekiel, it says, yet there will be some survivors, sons and daughters who will be brought out of it. I mean, every time you see that judgment, again, this is the grace of God in the midst of his judgment. Just like with the four horsemen, God does not allow them to wipe out everyone. Only one fourth of the population will fall uh, during you know this judgment. This part of the judgment. God's judgment is just, but he still shows mercy and grace. Also remember regarding death and Hades or hell that Jesus says he holds the key to both of them. And in time he will lock them both up. So the fourth, the four horsemen are unleashed one at a time on the world, setting the stage for the Antichrist to rise to power and establish his rule over the nations of the world. It also shows that when the Holy Spirit uh, no longer holds back evil or the lawless one, things quickly escalate out of control and the violence, devastation, sickness, etc. become a reality. These four horsemen could could be actual beings that go throughout the earth uh, doing what they were assigned to do, but most refer to them as a representation of what will happen when the seals are open. But in all of this, God is trying to get man's attention, more specifically Israel's attention. Through his judgment, he is trying to get his people to turn back to him. This is all about God being just and merciful at the same time. Now, please understand that these four horsemen uh, that are unleashed one at a time, each one, each one following the other, each one uh, getting a little more intense, you know. But all of that is, is it has to, it makes the world unstable to a point where um, 
you know, when, when things are that chaotic and that unstable and that um, devastating, so to speak, it will make it easier for a one-world government to be established. It'll make it easier for someone to step on the scene who can bring some kind of order and peace to, uh, you know, to, to the world. And, you know, for people to, to believe that, hey, if, if we support this person, he can, he can restore order and he can bring, you know, he can restore food and, and help stop the famine and all the, all this stuff, you know, this mass chaos. I mean, look at what people will do when fear, enough fear and panic is created. And that's what's going to happen with these four horsemen. They're going to create enough fear and panic and devastation that it will make it easier for the Antichrist to step into power and, you know, do what he says he's going to do and and restore order, so to speak. Even though it'll be false, uh, a false peace, it still sets the stage and makes it easier, makes people more susceptible to accepting him and his rule especially if he can do what he says he can do and he can bring some kind of order back to their life. Uh, So anyway, that sets the stage for that. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you for your word and how it teaches us. Thank you, Lord, that the church will be spared from this hour of judgment. I pray for all those who are lost and don't know you. I pray that the full number would would be brought in to, to the church and that you would use us to help bring in those remaining people because of your heart for your people and your mercy you hold out on the rapture of the church and the beginning of this tribulation period you know god give us discernment allow your people to see your hand moving open our eyes to see the signs of the times to recognize your words being fulfilled help us to be diligent in our faith and to keep our lamps burning always ready for your word says you will come like a thief in the night to take away your bride, which is the church. Let us be ever ready yet continue to further the work of the kingdom as we wait and may all that we do be done for your glory. Amen.